It's episode 71 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Joel Hack. I'd love to improvise. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me again. Uh, thanks for saying yes when I cheekily asked. Well, sometimes all you have to do is ask, and then um, uh, I feel we have lots of new things to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a year and a bit. It's been a year and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, nursery originals first, okay. in general, and then we'll get more specific. Yeah. What is a nursery original? I don't. Oh, it just seems wanky to me. That's <laughs> uh, uh, I think nursery originals are original shows produced by the nursery that are a bit more, maybe more ambitious than what we normally see in London's improv and long form improv in general. So, like, they might have like a clear aesthetic, or you know, there'll be things like costumes and sets and. Um, Maybe, maybe even more of the sort of theatrical bent of the nursery's, you know, um, preferences. I guess. Yeah. M- maybe less so in my show, but we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. So um, there were a few before uh, things fell through at the Edric Theatre. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen all of them. I saw. So the you know improvised myth book that was good ones, and. Uh, Open Roads, Michael's one, uh, which um, they brought back for the last run at the theatre. Oh my God, they had the theatre, wow. Um, uh, and Michael asked me to play at that one, as, so that was really cool. cool. Um, so that, there was like five or six maybe before, and now there's another three, and there'll be another three or so uh, in the new year. Mine is one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to come back to that, we're going to talk about that in, in, in excruciating, some people might say painful uh, detail. Uh, let's let's just talk about open roads for for a second. Can mm. you remind us for those that saw it or for those that didn't mm. what the concept was, what Michael's concept, or maybe what your interpretation of Michael's concept? Uh, was. I guess he wanted to take the road trip movie genre and do that in improv, uh, improvised form. Um, it was based on a LARP that he played once, and that was like similarly based on the uh, road trip movie genre, and. Um, I wasn't, I'm not steeped in movies at all. Not, I'm not like a lot of improvisers that watch loads of movies and TV, but like for this, I did a bit of research and watched the movies that Michael suggested. So like uh, Little Miss Sunshine, Itu Maman Tambien, I think it was, and the other one, the one that's, oh, Everything is Illuminated. That was it. So I watched those three and it was like, they're all really good movies and good watches. Well, for you know, like I say, I don't know about movies, so I don't know how to criticise them really. But um, uh, and there's similarities and themes that I feel like uh, Michael wanted from the show. Things like the fact that the road trip itself, because of the way it's an escape from their usual reality, it can bring out certain like uh, more honesty, I guess, in people and more freedom, and you know undoes the inhibition they feel in their regular lives, I guess. Um, it's less about whether they, sometimes it's less about whether they get to wherever they're going, 
than what's discovered along the way. Um, so that sort of thing is, I guess, what Michael wanted to hit in Open Roads. And uh, yeah, I feel like we did a really good and fun performance of it on the day. And um, yeah, there were a couple of people that were from the original cast and about two or three that Michael added, including myself. And yeah, a really fun cast to play with and show to do. And um, yeah, I feel like I was happy with how that went. And so yeah, that was a yeah nice twenty five minutes set at the at the theatre. So how was it arranged physically on the stage? Uh, depends. Like not all road trip movies are the same, so not all performances of this would have been the same. So um, you might do a scene or two before that isn't the trip. Uh, we just get to know the protagonist, and then you will do the actual trip. So whatever the vehicle is, probably a car just build a car out of chairs right so um and uh yeah there'll be one or two protagonists and everyone else is playing support and like um if we've noticed a want that the protagonists have we can either help them along in some way with our support character or make make a problem for them um, if there's a particular skill or a way that a character, a protagonist solves problems, we can bring that out by presenting a problem with that skill in it. And, um, yeah, that sort of thing. So, um, um, Meredith and Eric Castellan were the protagonist and Jackie Black and me and Stephen Beckett were playing support. And, yeah, we just, like, Meredith and Eric were great at just playing it straight and real and, um, and you know the emotional connection between them and also that allowed us three to be quite daft as well mm. but, uh, so, so Jackie did a clown on a recumbent bike or something like that <laughs> yes and, and what did you what did you bring to it why do you think Michael wanted you on board was it the daftness because you can certainly play that but you're not <laughs> limited to daftness <laughs> uh, he said he wanted me because you know I he thinks I do the organic, uh, you know, emotional depth kind of improv well, and I think so too. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think you're right. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I I do like that stuff. So um, so yeah, had I been the protagonist that day, I would have played it that way too. So it's what yeah, it's one thing that I mean, I love narrative improv, and it's a thing that. Uh, I get to do in a in narrative like I think that's why I like the protagonist role and mm. there are quite a few reasons mm. uh, I like any of the roles but protagonist is great because like you don't necessarily have to take care of the funny you just have to take care of your character's one and so how did you establish uh, who was the protagonist in Open Roads and was uh, it different from doing narrative in general uh, on this occasion we predetermined it oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait is that true <laughs> I think we uh, I think we predetermined one of them. I think Eric and Meredith joined him of her own volition, and uh, the, other, the the other three of us just knew. Yeah, that's it's about them then, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, mm, yeah. I might have called that cheating, you know. But <laughs> it, like in most narrative improv I've done, you just discover it in the first scene or the set first of two scenes or something. So. Yeah, that's kind of how I like to do it. Um, yeah, but 
yeah, this time we predetermined at least half time, half of it. Fair enough. I think that's I think that's entirely fine. Mm. So moving back to the nursery originals, mm. you are is the correct term directing United? Yes. yes. You are both the creator and the director of United. Yeah, apparently so. But I, I did that. People tell me. And uh, yeah, so United is the second one, and um, it'll start while the run for the first one is finishing. Which is uh, the owls and not the owls are not what they seem. Yep, even inspired by Twin Peaks, and it's Audra and Jonah directing that. Um, yeah, I don't know Twin Peaks at all, but uh, so yeah, I'll be really keen to see what they've done with it. Uh, sounds good, and I think a lot of improvisers have watched Twin Peaks are really into it, and I think they're buzzing for it as well. Well, I I um I have seen not the new series, but I have seen the previous Twin Peaks. Um, but what delights me is the idea of someone going along and seeing an improvised version of something, mm. and then what they create in their mind as the original to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they then go and watch the original, I'm like, well, this is not what I was imagining oh. at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's like when you've got uh, you know, a suggestion and um, you're acting out an established uh, intellectual property, and some people in the group don't actually know anything about mm, it. so Which always... is usually me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a delight watching them, watching the other people, mm. and then trying to build on what the other people have done. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that just means you're not playing back the work, right? Uh, so, yes, but I guess if you're doing genre work, you're not... You, you're probably you're trying to capture the aesthetic and, like, the sort of language that people used and costume and set and stuff but more it's thematic I think yeah uh, yeah so you're not just hitting recognition last from oh yeah that does happen in that film a lot ha <laughs> uh, yeah because yeah. like, that's that's yeah that can be funny but it's actually doesn't really take you anywhere it's mm. just like oh well done you've watched a thing you've remembered a thing and then you've repeated a thing yeah well done but it doesn't actually help the story yeah. or anything so I did a weekend intensive with P-Graph and they were over and that uh was awesome, obviously, uh, and they're brilliant, and they do a lot of uh, genre work, and I feel like yeah, they they hit that idea that it's about themes as much as it's about how the thing looks and feels. Um, Is that why you don't watch more TV and films to understand the genres? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. I want, <laughs> I want to be the one that screws it up. <laughs> I'll say that, yeah. Um, don't you think there's a responsibility, though, as an improviser, to be aware of TV TV programs and film suggestions that you get, um, I'm beginning to. Well, I don't know if it's a responsibility, but I feel like the a duty. I feel like the fact that I don't it makes me a, a misfit and a recluse in the world of improv. It's like a very lonely place to be. Have you have you seen the Game of Thrones? No, no. Oh. I'll, Talk to someone else that has seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the? Oh yeah, with the swords. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, I'll just sit here and sort out my fantasy football team. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I did a uh, a uh, workshop with Chris Mead on popular culture and improv, mm. and he used Game of Thrones as a suggestion. And mm. his suggestion would be to play a troll. Mm -hmm. Just play a troll and just commit to it. 
And those that have seen Game of Thrones will go, ha ah, ha, there are no trolls in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Whereas those that haven't go, ah, oh, there's a troll, that seems to fit in with the Right, world. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as long as you commit to it, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, like not having much ma- much of it. I would have thought trolls was in this sort of circle of expectations in that yeah, world. Right? I would say that. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Broadly. Broadly. All right. Well, yeah. Um, Talking about fantasy football, that mm. takes us back to United. <laughs> What's yeah, the idea so. of United? <laughs> so, um, two things came together when uh, when I had this idea. So, one was uh, I watched a few vlogs on YouTube, and there was one video that I watched uh, that featured some guys, colleagues, presumably playing a pickup basketball game. Uh, which it looks like they do every week or every whatever time of day that is. Uh, and it just reminded me of uh, having played football with colleagues when you know when I was working at a particular office and just doing that regularly, playing football at school in sixth form and basketball at school. And like uh, some you know, much of the time, everyone's a really good person and just in it for the fun of playing the thing and uh, therefore everyone's really quite supportive of each other, of your own team, obviously. And so that means uh, people aren't criticised for making a decision that goes wrong, people are encouraged to have trouble. Like in football, if I would take a shot and miss, I wouldn't be criticised for not picking a better option. I would have been uh, encouraged to try again and you know, told well done for having a go. Because you know you need to have a go and shoot if you want to score, um, and sometimes there's the odd person who does care a bit too much about the result and is a bit critical of your teammates, and that uh, can make that your teammates risk averse, I guess, and afraid of fouling up in case you catch a hit. You know, you hear something. If if I find myself having a teammate like that, I double my efforts to encourage the rest of the team. Uh, and say, you know, well done for having a go, or uh, don't worry, you'll get that next time, or uh, yeah, you made a mistake, you know, dust yourself off and uh, be be alive, be alive to that possibility again, and that sort of thing. So um, usually, it's usually it's fun and great, and like especially me preferring to be a creative player, uh, that's something that like uh, I not depend on because I think there's a part of you that needs to be have enough faith in your ability to create whatever heat you're catching but like it's encouraging anyway so there's that side of things um and just remembering how supported i felt and how encouraging it felt to be on a good-natured well-spirited amateur sports team and on the other side there's um i get to watch a, a fair bit of improv and i I would often see teams come along that they're, they're relatively new, they're relatively new to each other and to whatever style they're playing, I guess. And sometimes I would see people hesitate on the wings or like shake a leg before they step onto an empty stage. And, you know, I I know what's going on there. I've been there very often. I'm still there often. Uh, you know, you've got an idea and you're not entirely convinced it's gonna uh, go down the way you're hoping or it's not going to be supported the way you're hoping it will be or understood um so yeah i feel like there's a a time interval between 
when you have an idea and when you put it on the stage and in that interval that's an opportunity for self-doubt to come in mm-hmm. and and you know dilute your faith in the idea and therefore when you do go and put it on you're doing it maybe with less commitment and you, you might be quite willing and ready to flake on it at the first opportunity and I just feel like in that interval of time like if there's no opportunity for self-doubt to come in you're putting that offer out with great with all the commitment you want and need if instead uh you for if instead maybe if you heard something encouraging like uh go for it i'm sure it's going to be fantastic get in there my son yes sort of thing (laughs) um if you heard something like that and uh therefore you didn't hear the voice of self-doubt then you might just that might just give you the push to put your thing down with a bit more commitment and belief uh and after all um it isn't the offer that determines whether a scene is good or not it's i think it's how well it's supported um whether that is by people flooding in to play the scene or whether that's by uh people making the choice to leave the actors on stage that are doing it and doing it great at the time so that they're not messing up the flow and stuff um, I uh, yeah no I gave Joel uh, a significant look there, but I realised that doesn't work on podcast. <laughs> uh, that was a significant look of agreement, Ooh. and it's like, oh, how many jams have you been in, right? <laughs> Where you see, Stu's put his hand on his head. <laughs> yeah, so once again, once again, failing to understand the seventy-one episodes in how all the media works. Um, yeah, although in the jam situation, I'm sure I am as guilty as other people are, but. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes just let the people do the scene. You are not in this scene. You do not need to be in this scene. Mm. Uh, don't be in this scene. <laughs> sometimes, as you that's said, that's the, the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, people kind of need to understand that, like, the success of a scene isn't entirely down to the people that are in it. Sometimes it's, you know, if you yes. could have been in it and chose not to be and it's turned out great, you deserve credit for that too. Yes, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, mm. I entirely agree. It's a Johnstonian idea, by the way. Well, yeah. well, well done. Well done. Well done, Mr. Johnston. Um, so, so, yeah, I just wanted those improvisers that may be a bit hesitant with their... Uh, initial offers including myself to just have more in faith in those ideas so that they can be so that they can be great because it's the commitment and the level of support that determines that and so I paired that idea with this other thing I was having of how encouraging it felt to be on a really supportive sports team and it was like how can I bring that feeling into you know long form improv and it might just be as obvious as, uh, for instance, two people do a scene and it's gone great and someone swept it. Maybe those two actually just on stage congratulate each other and high five each other and backslap each other and say, great scene, well done. And then they go to the wings and the players on the wings are doing the same to them. Like, you know, as if, you know, you just had a great game as a footballer and you've come off as a sub to receive your standing ovation and your bench is doing the same for you, right? Um, why not just let's see that rather than ha- make it a feeling that we feel and so um, similarly someone steps out about to start a scene they're encouraged on they're, they're welcomed on as like and like you know let's see what you've got you know we're, we're here for you why not make that overt right and 
give people very obvious so vocal and physical support for whatever for certain moves we make like starting a scene ending a scene even a sweep is a great move so let's you know encourage and support the person who swept it um those sorts of things and so the more i thought about it, the more sports stuff I felt like could feed it. <laughs> and, uh, we should talk about it a bit more. And so this idea is something that I brought to um, the nursery's re research and development jam one day uh, a few months ago. And it seemed to feel really good for the people that did it. And also a couple of people who watched it being demonstrated said that it seemed to be an engrossing spectacle as well, which was a really pleasant surprise. And I thought that maybe this has a life as a show that people actually see. You see, that was my concern. Mm. From a performer's point of view, yeah, it's brilliant. I just do a scene, goes well, get a back slap, love, brilliant. I can see why from a performer's point of view, that's brilliant to watch. But I'm just w worried as an audience member. I'm like, well, well, well done. <laughs> yeah, you know. the feeling of like you all, you sort of just did that for yourself, yeah. and I, I wasn't. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was certainly wary of that feeling, and I still am. And uh, that's a thing I want to get across to the cast. That uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do things that keep the audience on side because I want the audience to feel like uh, this is their team that they follow. Like, yeah. as if a sports team, and so you want to see them do well, you want to see them try things. Um, you don't want the audience to be offside. <laughs> <laughs> there, we may have exhausted my sports references. A half an hour ago, he told me he looked down on people that do puns. And <laughs> <laughs> Dear, join us, join us. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm normally in a, unable to do puns that I look down on those that can. Maybe he's just jealous inside my cold, dark heart. Yeah, it's more fun on this side of the wall, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, it's about there. There are ways to involve the audience the way uh, sports teams do. So you could you could g up the crowd if you're in a particularly hot moment. Uh, you see footballers and other sports people do that all the time. Uh, another idea I might have is like if a particular improviser's had a really good moment and a really maybe a, a, a great they're in the middle of a great tag run or something as a really funny character or something. Another team member could bring them out center stage and encourage the audience to chant their name or something and just give them that really great feeling of being loved in that moment. How about they get their, their T-shirt, they put it over their head, and they run out into the audience and round and come back on the <laughs> Yes. Do that crowd serving or just go around high-fiving the audience. And yeah, I want, uh, I want the audience to feel like they're not just watching a thing and consuming it passively, but like they were part of what made it successful too, with their support and their energy feeding into and the actors reveling in that and taking it and giving it back to the audience and stuff so like i wanted to yeah be relatively interactive for the audience in that way yeah, yeah the idea of having the audience as supporters of a of an improv team is mm. really interesting i i want that like uh the, obviously with this there's so many teams in london and there's so much talent going on and yet like maybe part of that uh, glut means there isn't a great deal of affection for many teams, right? That this oh yeah, they're good. I like the people on it, 
um, rather than oh, I love the improv they do I want to go see them all the time right uh, yeah hopefully I want people to feel that way about United and I yeah, want the cast to uh, you know use my uh, tactics and develop their own tactics for making the audience feel that way yeah so you're suggesting there are too many group too many improv groups for people to grow to love a particular group I don't think that's the reason I just uh, think uh, yeah, there is. There are very few groups, and that's it. It can only ever be a few, right? That are just so well loved and like spot light up your brain when you hear their name yeah. and go, oh, "I love those guys" or "Love those people," you know. Uh, yeah, so I want uh, in a perfect world, United would have that sort of the show would have that level of. Um, devotion to it I guess so if you took it on tour then people would go to the city follow you <laughs> yeah. go to the city yeah. see you perform uh, away come away. to see you night <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe um, oh, yeah I'm looking forward to the chance <laughs> yes uh, 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 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the north bank is that a thing uh, yeah uh, bank north bank north stand. what's Arsenal's old stand called uh, well, let's see. They had the clock. Yeah, they had a North Bank. Yeah. Okay. And if you were in at Highbury, I guess. You mean, yeah. Yeah. If you're high enough in the North Bank, you could smoke some weed without getting spotted. <laughs> so, well, I tell you what. I feel I'm learning a lot about sport <laughs> today and improv, obviously. But, uh, wow, really. Uh, fair uh, so. <laughs> so yeah, I just keep feeding uh, sports ideas into this uh, show idea. So, um, for instance, costume would be the same color sports bib. Um, the word bib is a problem for our North American friends because <laughs> they think it's a baby's bib. They don't have that same word for a sports <laughs> bib. Um, so think jersey or, or you know vest, if you will, and what sportswear of your choice underneath. Like, yeah, I want the team to feel like they're a team um, and that they're all together and all there for each other. And, you know, if one git comes out with a red bib while everyone else is in blue, uh, no. Are they the referee? <laughs> maybe they're the ref, maybe they're the goalie, maybe they're just someone that wants to stand out. No. Far be it. No, so that's no. really the case. Yeah, I feel like uh, in my role as director, I might be like, I might analogise myself to the team's manager. Uh, so whether I whether I'm a tracksuit manager or whether I wear a suit and my Mac like Jose Mourinho, is uh, yeah decision to make. I'm nodding as if I understand what these things are. <laughs> so I will. Very few improvisers might actually. <laughs> well, this is interesting reversal mm. because while you might feel cold and alone because you don't know the latest games of Thrones. <laughs> I do wonder if this is a revenge, and you're going. You're right. You're in my place now. <laughs> oh, this is where I know everything. This is and, where I'm expert and king. Yeah. yeah, and I get to tell you some things. <laughs> no. Well, you have made sports sound like attractive, which is mm. you know an unusual oh. thing for me. The way you describe, I'm like, yeah, that sounds quite good. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, is the thing like. Um, Recently, I realised how little I enjoy watching top-flight football now. And in general, it is actually quite dull to watch. And I'm like, hold on a minute, I've loved football ever since I was a kid. Have I changed a lot? This is a big deal for... I'm having an identity crisis. And I realised, no, wait, I do like playing still. I love, so that's... The, yeah, so it's like at the amateur level, you know, 
where it's all about the love of the thing, then yeah, hopefully you get to play some now. Uh, but yeah, I still think at the very top level, there's you know far too much money that makes teams too risk averse and therefore leads to dull matches a lot of the time. Very much like the improv scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just too much money around. <laughs> yeah. you, you just don't oh. see original improv anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> everyone's trying to be the same show that, yeah, it's a good formula it works well done <laughs> yeah. everyone's buying talent instead of developing their own yeah god uh, everyone's playing fantasy improv <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, in, in their own heads <laughs> in their own heads yes yeah. very best place for it yeah. <laughs> you say that but the scenes I do in my own head are better than the scenes I do on stage <laughs> Good, because it'd be awful if I don't know. Would it be awful if no? Probably bad the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> if you if you keep enacting terrible scenes in your head, you could probably stop, and that would be better. But, yeah, maybe. Um, so the so the so we've you've kind of described the style of United. What's the format going to be? Uh, I don't have one. Uh, I just don't feel like I need one. Um, yeah, if the cast decide on an idea among themselves, then let's facilitate and play that. But like, I, I think my preference, if I had any, would be to keep it freeform. And cool, uh, I do have ideas for openings that tap into the sports metaphor. For instance, like a players' tunnel or a locker room um, to generate ideas for the set going forward. I have an ideas for a couple of group games that would, uh, in um, sort of, help to bring a set to you know, to generate callbacks and recurrences and hitting themes more. Yeah, so so I have things, but I don't know that I have a rigid format or structure. Cool. Then I don't think the show needs one. I feel, yeah, I just want to... Like, you see uh, Harold teams all the time where some improvisers are stuck on the side going, is it 2B or is it 2C? Am I on... <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah, I don't want that. I want you know, uh, if you if you're doing the Harold right, you don't care if it's two B or two C. Just no. feel it in your feet and go and do it. Uh, yeah, so I don't want. Uh, I want to uh, let m my players be free, and I want to sort of get out of their way a bit. That's the sort of director I imagine myself being. Cool, cool. <laughs> so uh, there are open auditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you'd like to audition for United, and I certainly hope you do, uh, please go to the nursery the com slash auditions and look for United on there. There's a list of three shows that are auditioning there at the moment. Uh, how cool is that? And uh, yeah, find that one, click through, you'll see a form, please fill in the form. Uh, and uh, if you get an audition, it'll be on the 23rd of September. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to hear from as many people as possible met like uh so many lovely wonderful people in my time in improv i'd love to play with all of them but obviously i can't put everyone on stage that's one impractical two unfulfilling for people and three who's going to watch it because <laughs> if they're all playing <laughs> yes if you remove your audience because you put them all on stage that is uh, it's, but, it's uh, but like uh, in my head before this became a nursery original this was uh, I sort of intended it to be an open team with no commitment required just show up to the open rehearsals and you get to do a show if you're at a recent rehearsal so you know the star but then 
Um, I was just, I just had this idea of, can I put on a show for the nursery originals when they were taking applications? I don't think it's this show. And then the more, th I, I don't think it's this show because all the originals prior just seemed different to this somehow. Uh, I think it's all sort of tone and aesthetic and theatricality and things. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought I could make it that way, right? This show does have a clear aesthetic idea. It's a sports team thing, right? Uh, and then on the final day, I think, of uh, when applications were open, I submitted one. <laughs> and yeah, they uh, they see, they took it, the nursery guys took it with uh, great enthusiasm, it seems. And like everyone that uh, I've spoken to at the nursery about it are really excited about it, which is, amazing feeling and yeah I, I, yeah I've hopefully the people listening and anyone who ever gets to read all the stuff I've written about it on the website uh, feels that enthusiasm for it too and make, it makes them want to audition uh, is there any type of improviser that you're particularly looking hoping to attract um, yes although not in terms of like uh, experience level isn't going to be a barrier Style of improv isn't going to be a barrier because, like, if you have a style that you like and prefer and are good at, what I'm hoping for is that is a cast that will back you up in the way you want to play your game, and in return, you'll back them up in their natural game. So, the sort of improviser I want is someone that's going to be uh, very collective minded and humble and generous in their support of other people. Um, yeah, someone that is uh, willing to uh, support a scene, not knowing what it is, but more in the spirit of, um, you know, I, th I'm, I think you're awesome and I think what you're going to give me is awesome and I want to give it back to you and really be there right there for you on stage. And rather than what can happen sometimes is like someone stepped out a bit unsure and someone else has stepped out a bit feeling their energy maybe and being a bit unsure is like uh, I'm not sure I want to support you but also I don't want to also it's a prick move to leave you out there on your own so I'm just coming on doing the right thing <laughs> rather than with any sort of great enthusiasm and that's what I want it's like you're really enthusiastic about supporting your castmates and um and yeah so and I think that's a humility thing and yeah, you're you're very willing to do the backslaps, both literal, physical, and you know, metaphorical, vocal. Yeah, uh, on which uh, there's uh, there's another couple. Of, there's a point I guess I want to make as well is that um, I'm aware I'm aware of the possibility that this idea might feel a bit like the sort of behaviours you might imagine might feel a bit, uh, for one of better phrases, laddie, a bit stag do, a bit, you know, um, and I don't want that. Uh, I, I want women to be in this cast and to feel like they can be that way too. I feel, I want more, I want men who don't feel that they're that person to come on and, uh, you know, be, 
yeah, it's more just about sort of a committed engagement and support than it is about uh, go on, my son, as it were. And yeah, uh, and also I want, I absolutely want uh, quieter players to be on the team because yeah, I don't want people to be put off thinking that it's something for boisterous people. Mm. I myself in a, am a strongly introverted person and I partly thought this form up thinking what would really help me uh, like I say, I'm uh, similarly minded in that I might get sort of self-doubting in my head. And, you know, it's nice in your head because it's not out there in the world and you're not getting you're judged for what's in your head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I I want people of all uh, across that, you know, introvert spectrum to be in the team. Just as long as you're uh, accepting of other people and ready to help them with their game knowing that it will come back to you too yeah. because th your teammates are the same way yeah don't want people that are like uh, quite egotistical enough for themselves and feel like this is their spaceship or something you know that sort of thing yeah cool well you have convinced me <laughs> uh, I think this sounds a good idea thank you and uh, this is official endorsement from the Improv London podcast. Yes! This I'll sounds a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got the gold star. <laughs> got the gold star. Uh, so, yeah, there's, um, so there's three uh, shows that are auditioning at the moment with Through the Nursery. Uh, and one of them's mine. Well, two of them are mine. <laughs> Tell me about the other one that isn't United then. Okay, uh, but first, let's just give a quick nod to the Verbs, the Nursery House team, who are taking their, you know, or, you know, organic, emotionally led, I guess, improv, and making it musical. Yes, very exciting. <laughs> I know you're a great musical guy. Thank you very uh, much. That's... I like that thing too. Uh, um, so yeah, they're auditioning. They want new members. Uh, so if you like that style of improv and want to be singing about it. Uh, yeah, look on the auditions page too, and I think it's just email Stephen if you want an audition spot, right? But whereas my two have got a fancy form to Ooh. fill in. <laughs> Am I all official and stuff? That's um, fancy. Um, so tell me about the dis um, <laughs> <laughs> the disconcerted. <laughs> tell me about the destruction team. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about. I really the... want to fuck up improv. As well. <laughs> yeah, Are you going to bring sport into it? <laughs> oh no, that means um, deconstruction. Yeah. So tell me about the deconstruction team. What are you doing with that, and what is that? All right. Uh, so talk about the format in a bit, but it's like it's a format of long form improv that um, I don't. I'd had tastes of here and uh, like the odd hoopla class with Steve or Lloydie of the May Days I did a class with him on it and saw it a couple of times at uh, hoopla showcases and really like that format um, it, it makes it makes a show that feels like a whole piece rather than like sets of semi-related scenes uh, that's still a bit disconnected it feels like there's you know through line and theme and things and like there's a t there's tempo changes uh, a narrative thread throughout along with some really fun game stuff and premise stuff uh, just really like that format a lot and there isn't to my knowledge a team that does it in London and I quite wanted there to be and like speaking about improv a lot with other improvisers 
and this being a thing I wanted to do, it came up quite often. That's interesting. And people are like, oh my God, I like it too. You yeah, should totally do it. We should totally do one. And that, how many times that people say we should yes. and it never does. Um, yes. One of those people that I spoke to about is this was, was Jules Munns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy. And... Uh, yeah, and he and the conversation took a similar vein. Yeah, we should do this sometime. Um, then one afternoon, I'd seen him, and he'd just finished a rehearsal with the May Days, at which they done they did decon, and he'd said he'd forgotten how fun he found it, and you know how much fun it was. Uh, so that um, so the we should thing started to gain a bit more strength then. Cool. And then later that night, after the show at the theatre that day, we were both at and helping to make that run and work. Um, yeah, we were just sat, sat outside. He was smoking, I think. And <laughs> we just ended up talking about... <laughs> it's a nice bit of, nice of colour yeah. to the story. Yeah, what was I, was I drinking something? Possibly a orchard pig. Is that what the name of the side is? I've not heard of that. That sounds very exotic. It's at the Theatre Delhi Bar. It's pretty good. And also in the fridge here, I think. Do check it out at the nursery <laughs> Theatre Delhi Bar. Or even other places where you can get alcohols from. Yeah. Alcohols from. Alcohols, yeah. But, uh, Old bins. Old bins still going. Stu, have you been drinking the alcohols? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Like, just, we somehow got round to talking about decon again and with even firmer conviction. And uh, we decided there and then that we were definitely going to do it. And um, then in subsequent meetings, uh, Jules was like, uh, right, let's put down some uh, performance dates in the new season and work backwards from there for a rehearsal cycle. And that was a moment where, what? He's actually, <laughs> we're actually, this is happening. Oh, great. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so this decon team will have two shows in December in the nursery's new season of improv. Uh, and from there, going backwards, a rehearsal schedule of Friday afternoons after the uh, audition, which is in October, so a while away yet. Um, is that another open audition? Yes. Uh, yes, just with a fancy form to fill in as well. Uh, um, and... Yeah, so Jules and I are going to co-direct a team that performs the deconstruction in London for, you know, the first time, I don't know, ages. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be playing this form. So it's interesting, rehearsal is going to be Friday afternoon. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes, yes, and uh, I am disappointed to be, we both are, obviously, to be excluding people that can't make that time slot. But we think there are enough people who don't do the nine to five. Yeah. That uh, will be able available and you know that we'd be delighted to have on the team. Or just bunk off work early <laughs> on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, if that's the thing you can do. Yes, I and if you have flexi time, just work an hour extra on the other days. Yeah. <laughs> and come along. Please do. Like, there's so many people that I've spoken to that really love the format and w wish they were doing it regularly um, in a team. Uh, and people that I know are going to be great in that team that I want to work with as well. Can you explain the format? How does a decon work? And Can anyone explain the format? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it starts with a scene between usually two characters uh, that might take up 
about a quarter of the show, like it's quite a long scene, uh, in which we, you know, see these two characters and the world they live in and the relationship to each other, and the dynamics of that. And that scene is then used, uh, for as, as a base for the other improvisers to pull ideas to play, you know, new scenes out with, uh, so. Like there's a couple of different ways I've learned it, but in both those ways, one thing that that bit is supposed to hit is what's the theme of the show. So, and you'd get that from the big themes that you've identified in that source scene. Um, so after a first source scene that's really quite long and expansive and emotionally played, uh, the next couple of scenes maybe a. Uh, uh, are other scenes in which themes are hit. So then everyone is aware of what the themes are and that they will carry these through to the end. And so from there, we'd return several times to the base scene and develop that a bit. We may go forward in time, we may go back to you know when these people were younger and all when they first met or before. Uh, just the, the, those two people again, those two characters, say they might not be people. Um, and we we hop between that um you know source scene thread and these other fun interludes on the side that are either hitting theme or just hitting some idea that happened in in the source scene hmm. uh and yeah so you've got on you've got in the same show this um in organic emotionally led uh can be narratively uh, this thread of uh, style of improv going through the whole thing and on the other side some really fun and maybe fast stuff uh, so yeah there's like variety of tempo and variety of tone in this show and uh, coming to a sort of usually it comes to a run of you know, really fast scenes, maybe a tag run, maybe just a run of short two, three line scenes and get a quick laugh and let's do another one. Uh, and at the end, there's a final return to the source scene, which sort of takes all these ideas, well, not all of them, but certainly as many as they feel like and feed them into this final bit. And it's sort of like a storm gathering pace in, and then at the end, the storm exhausts itself and then there's this space of breathing at the end. That's that's how I feel like the tempo is anyway. So, yeah. Um, I've not spelt it out in a structure of this happens, then this happens, then this happens because uh, I, you know, I don't want it to... I don't want people to think it's rigid like that. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, you're also involved in some other groups. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> Story Kitchen. What's, yeah. what's new with Story Kitchen? Uh, we're gonna, we're back. Uh, we took the summer off, and we're gonna have our monthly shows at the Miller again. Uh, this time, most of them will be the Maestro format, uh, and then a uh, a big old we're gonna go big with theatre sports in the December show. Um, so yeah, I think the cast by and large uh, prefer Maestro because. Uh, you know, we all there are several reasons really. Like, um, everyone gets to play with each other instead of the sort of more stratified way we've done theatre sports. Um, 
there there's far less I guess match management and show management like you could just play the scene that you're offered uh, and not worry about whether or worry less about whether oh we've had a few games do we need a different kind of scene or we haven't had a song yet we should do a song uh, there's a lot less responsibility from a player's perspective uh, in Maestro because it all falls on the directors the two, <laughs> the two directors uh, yeah they're in they're in entire charge of like uh, the uh, journey of the show, the arc, and so it's it's a lot more fun and for the players than theatre sports might be. It's more that's more sort of how you feel more responsible, I guess. Like you have more responsibility, I should say, hmm. uh, for the journey of the sh- of the show and your set. That um, yeah and. Yeah, there's. I guess there's other reasons why people like uh, Maestro more, um, and I don't know personally. I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, I'm happy to play either. I like them both so much. Um, so yeah, we're going to mostly do Maestro and a theatre sports at the end. It might be themed, and I think there's a couple of theme ideas that the guys are really excited about, and me. Being me, I don't know either genre well enough. <laughs> sure, I'll play along. What there's trolls in this, right? Um, so yeah, uh, really excited to be performing with Story Kitchen again. We rehearsed on Saturday, so it was great to see a lot of the guys again after the summer, and and so we just practiced Maestro in rehearsal, and um, we. Uh, uh, including we practiced having different directors. So Maestro has two directors that offer scene suggestions to the players. And usually it's been Faye, the director of Story Kitchen, and Natasha, the assistant director. And like usually it's been them. In fact, it's almost always been them. Once we had Patty Styles. Oh, holy wow. shit. Yeah, that was, <laughs> what an awesome, that was fucking awesome. Uh, and uh, what, this is, what this has meant is Neither of them have got to play Maestro. And that's interesting. Yes, and disappointing for them both. And obviously, face up Story Kitchen because she wanted to play. (laughs) Right. So, um, so yeah, we've been trying out different people in the director's chairs so that we could rotate the role. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing it this time around. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so you enjoyed the role of director. mm, Yes, I did. I like, yeah, just seeing what's there and what the players are willing to do, and <laughs> just yeah, there's again there's certain challenges or just you know theme ideas. Just you could even uh, one time on in the rehearsal, I said to, I asked for one player to come forward, so it would be a one person scene, and Sarim stepped forward, and I said. Oh, I don't have anything. Do you have something you'd like to do? Sometimes the player does and they do it. And sometimes, as in this occasion, uh, they say, uh, oh, I have nothing. And I just went, okay, you have nothing, go. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, the scene was really quite funny. So like, he, he, he just started with the line, I have nothing, took off his watch. Uh, Julia Mittelman came on offering to take the watch off him and he did. And then he just mimed undressing and having different teammates take each item of clothing off and and so now he was naked improv naked not real naked <laughs> uh, it's the best sort 
And I just went, I feel like he could still lose stuff. And so Nadine came on and like improv ripped his kidney out. Wow. And like, yeah. Again, it just goes to show that these the start isn't the whole scene. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't know if that you, that's not enough information for you to know that just what the rest of you do with it. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. No, it's it's never about the suggestion. Mm. Um, it's always about what you do with it. Mm. Yeah, that's important. Yes. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So we're doing that. We're gonna have a couple of cool guest directors in this season. Like. Uh, I think yeah, the next one we're gonna have uh, Sean Kinley, who's a uh, you know one of uh, Keith Johnston's improv kids, and like was learning it there at Loose Moose along with Pay Stars, and like uh, yeah, it's gonna be a huge privilege. Cool. So cool. yeah, Story Kitchen's back. Um, yeah, back at the Miller and the Odd Show elsewhere. Um, yeah, exciting. And you're also in piggyback. <laughs> yeah, uh, that happened recently. Um, so you seem to be um, the go-to guy. It's like <laughs> that's not true. To point out, but, you know, it's like oh, we've got this thing. We need somebody who can handle it. Joel <laughs> can handle it. He'll come in. He'll just do it. You job. say that, but I auditioned initially for piggyback right. and didn't get on. So this was <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't then, but like um, I was asked afterwards. You must uh, have been very close. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this is the thing that Audra set up. Uh, Audra Goffney, who you should have on. Yes, I have asked her. Good. Uh, great, I'd love to hear from her. So she she did it in Seattle, uh, and it's a show where um, three stand-ups are invited on to perform a set that the cast haven't seen before, and the cast use the stand-ups is that the plural? The comedians' material to inspire a narrative play, and uh, I just love that idea. We've seen we, we you know. You know, I've seen sort of stand-up inspire improv right before and, like, playing that. But the idea that it could inspire a narrative set, yeah, that was, yeah, really interesting, exciting. So, obviously, why I auditioned and then why, when I was asked later on, I was like, hell yeah, I still want to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's a great cast of people and that really good show idea. Um, I've, uh, yeah, I've not played with the guys yet, but, like... There's a couple of shows in the new season, both at the nursery and at Hoopla, I think, maybe. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I can't wait to get on stage with that show myself. But, yeah, I've seen it, and, yeah, really fun. Um, so, yeah, piggyback, man. What is your signature move? <laughs> what do you do? People go, classic Joel. <laughs> He always brings that move, always <laughs> brings the house down. Because <laughs> you're in such a variety of shows, you know, uh, you direct and nursery originals, um, but you're in Story Kitchen, you're in Somewhat Theatre, you're in Piggyback, you're in Machine for Fools, you're in The Society, you're in T Minus. It's such a uh, range uh, of different groups. In fairness, um, I should say, I'm not in T Minus, I'm not in the cast proper, but uh, I've guested with them a couple of times. In my heart. <laughs> and that's all that counts. In my heart, my head and my heart. You're a member of T minus. No, yeah. uh, I've never seen them. Um, you should. It's a really fun show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what's what's the uh, what's what's classic? It's my well? si- uh, 
French accent. <laughs> What's my signature move? I I don't know. Fucking hell, I don't know that. What What would you say it is? Because like this is the thing, right? Um, improvisers can't self-observe, so we don't, or at least I don't know what is uniquely or distinctively me. Yeah. So it's like sometimes I think, what am I good at, or what am I better at than a lot of people? And I don't know. I just rely on other people to tell me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I'm not very good when people turn this around and start asking me questions. Mm. <laughs> oh, that. that's why you're. That's you why set I the thing the up instead of waiting for it to be set. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to have a think. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, I, maybe it's the thing we mentioned at the top where it's like, um, obviously, I love being funny in improv in life and stuff. Uh, but also, improv is more to me than that. Uh, I want to tell stories and I want to connect with an audience on other in other ways like I love hearing an R for something a show did and especially for something I did or said um, just other reactions as well like uh, when P. Graf were over they performed a set uh, in this building in the nursery training centre and uh, that even made me cry that was so good um, for like uh, the depth of or how well they played a particular relationship on stage uh, and for um, how that was similar to a, you know the analogous relationship in my life and yeah I want I want those things to happen as well and I play like that like I don't I don't play for laughs I just you know play whatever I try to play whatever the reality of the character is and sometimes it's like a reluctant hero or something. Uh, so yeah, just yeah, just try and lead with the emotion of my character and that can, you know, lead to funny and it can also lead to touching or engaging in some other way and yeah, maybe my maybe my signature move is that I don't try to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs>